Please be advised that the following podcast contains references to Top Gear shown on Sunday nights. If you haven't watched the show or you're waiting to catch up with it on any way of ways you can catch up on it, then please don't listen as this episode does contain spoilers. Anyway, let's crack on with the show. So it's Sunday evening, it's quarter to 11 at night and I've just finished watching that episode of Top Gear. In inverted quotes, the one we've all been waiting for. And from the moment, you could tell it was different. Not only was uh, Hammond doing the opening credits, but the whole show just felt there was a dimension missing. There was something very hollow without seeing Jeremy Clarkson there as part of the Top Gear trio. Now, love him, loathe him, or whatever, you know, everyone has their own opinion of him, and that's, you know, that's to be fair. My opinion, well, that's probably not for this podcast, but going into the show in general, I didn't think it was too bad, if I'm going to be honest. So the show opens up with Richard Hammond doing, and tonight on Top Gear, the standard bit that was voiced by Jeremy Clarkson. That itself... I'm not going to say it was a jarring experience, but it was so completely different not to hear the standard voice that I say, you know, we've all become accustomed to of Jeremy's uh, style of delivery. And, you know, whilst Hammond does his professional best, you know, it, it just wasn't the same. I know, I know, I know. People say, oh, you can't live in the past forever, but some things just work, you know? Some things may need a little bit of tweaking, but let's face it, the majority of popular TV shows that have been tweaked have been improved. Well, uh, let's take MASH, for example, if you want to go back that far, which went from a funny comedy into this sort of real-world sort of drama thing and then died on its ass. Uh, Happy Days, (laughs) the one where Fonzie jumps, jumps the shark, if you want to take it that far. Um, and so on and so forth. You know, sometimes tweaking the recipe doesn't always mean the recipe is going to be improved. But, you know, Top Gear's lasted as long as it has done. And I will be the first to admit that it hasn't always been perfect. And sometimes, in a lot of the shows, and I'd go with a, let's say a 70-30 split, when I think on it, that 70% of the shows have been meh. Yeah, you know... It's not bad. I mean, let's face it, even on a bad day, I would say that Top Gear is pretty much better than any terrestrial TV on that channel or that day, weekend or the week. But it's those 30% that make it. It's the, it's the rose between the thorns that really does make the show and really makes you want to tune in every week to see, is the show going to be good or is it going to be a bit meh? And I think the people that have jumped onto the bandwagon and saying, oh, it's got a bit boring now, it's got a bit past it. Well, you know, maybe, maybe it's you, you know. Granted, if you stay in and tune in and you get involved with it, it's like anything. You take, oh, like here in the UK, we've got EastEnders, Coronation Street, any number of soaps. You know, these all go through peaks and troughs, and that's exactly what Top Gear does. And let's not forget here, you could probably accredit Top Gear to some of the more reality TV shows that I've been about. So what do I mean by that? Well, I hate pretty much all reality TV because most of reality TV is made up, apart from the first few series of Big Brother, and then they just try to chuck completely flamboyant characters into the mix for the sake of being entertaining. 
If you want to spin forward a few years, now we have things like TOWIE or Made in Essex or Made in Chelsea or whatever blinking nonsense we're viewing. And you know what? They're all made up. EastEnders, again, another soap here in the UK, one of those miserable, goddamn depressing things you could ever, ever wish to watch on a continual basis on UK TV. And funnily enough, that's made up. But no. These criticisms do not get allowed the same sort of, um, no, not criticism is the wrong word. You know, these get a different set of criticisms to a Top Gear. Top Gear, oh, it's made up. Oh, it's not real. Hang on, half of the programmes that are on TV right now that are getting the best ratings ever are also made up. Even sci-fi shows such as Farscape and The Almighty Firefly, which I only have to admit, watching this year, some 13 years after it had been cancelled, had the ups and downs. You know, everything has the ups and downs, but for some reason we just expected Top Gear to have the same sort of production values as it did back in its heyday. And let's not forget here, you know, as they said on Top Gear, when the BBC did all their production cuts, when the BBC had to slash budgets here, there and everywhere, you know, Top Gear was affected as well. And I'm not standing up as being a Top Gear fanboy, I'm just a bastion of impartiality, you know, just trying to chuck some sort of balance onto both sides of the argument. Anyways, back to the show. And by the way, if you can hear some weird panting in the background, I do apologise. Uh, that's one of my dogs who's just decided to run off uh, and then come back to me. So that's probably where you can hear the weird sound effects in the background. Anyway, concentrate on tonight's show. Not the series, just tonight's show. Clarkson was definitely, definitely missed. As I said earlier on, the show just felt really hollow and a bit lifeless. Not, I wouldn't say lifeless without him. Um, James May said in the press that they recorded the final scenes for Top Gear and they did it with consummate professionalism. And they did. I've got to say, hand on heart, they were consummate professionals. They weren't the usual sort of J-Pre selves. They weren't having any bicker and banter. You know, they got in, they did a job and it felt like... Yeah, it really did feel like, you know, they got in, did a job and got out. That sort of final last day where you're asked to turn up for appearances and then that's it, you're done. So long, bye-bye, thanks for all the fish. Every time they went, and this is going to be my best Jeremy Clarkson impression, back to the studio, you, it was just, I don't know, there was something really sad about seeing the Top Gear set empty. It just felt like there was no life, no electricity, no, nothing there. It was just all of a sudden, it had gone from being this um, this show, this place, this sort of environment that we've uh, been watching for the last few years, or I certainly have, to just, you know, exactly what it is. Lights, metal, and bits of plastic. And that's what TV does to you. It takes you away from that reality. Um, yeah, like I say, May and Hammond, consummate professionals. And, you know, you knew they were there out of respect to the programme, I certainly didn't give a feel that, well, you know, again, they are actors, they are presenters at the end of the day, but there certainly was no feeling of, um, how can I put this, doing anything other than doing the programme a justice that it deserved. Um, yeah, before I get on to the final bit here, which is what I'm building up to, the two, the two programmes as well, build, uh, buying a classic car, driving it around and competing in some silly shows. You know, that was really entertaining and it was good to see. 
I always like to think that, you know, when you see the people, the presenters fall in love with the car, they actually do fall in love with the car. I mean, I'm the sort of person myself who, I don't just like to drive a car, I like to, you know, have an experience in a car. I mean, for, so for example, I've got a Ford Focus 1.6 diesel, and you know, it's all right. Um, I certainly don't have as much enamour for it as I do my old Golf Mark IV petrol. And I, you know what, I can't work out why. I mean, I should be giving my Focus a lot more respect in it, you know, than I am, because it's, you know, it's diesel, it's plucky, it's going along, it's got a fair few miles on the clock, I bought it cheap, uh, you know, it's not been serviced in a while, but it's still going, but I don't know why my Golf just gets this sort of more impassioned thing about me, and that's exactly what they demonstrated on Top Gear tonight with the old cars, like, you know, having a really old car from the 60s and 70s, you know, looking after it and driving it, they really seem to get into the spirit of it. And you know what, fake or not, I really don't care because the main important thing was, I was entertained. And that's what a good TV program does, it entertains. Sometimes it doesn't entertain you as much, but you name me something that keeps you consistently as well entertained for as many years, as many times, as you know as your favorite thing does and not just saying top gear but in general you know everything has a peak and a trough the second part of the show was more top gear nonsense with the challenge of buying a 4x4 suv for less than 250 quid now i personally don't believe they bought those cars for 250 quid if there was ever a bbc investigation i would gather some shenanigans but you know what don't care entertained that's all it counts to be. And of course, you know, it was a, there was a few moments in there when Clarkson looked up at the camera and said, I'm back to the studio, coupled by a very quick edit of Hammond saying, but no, we weren't going back to the studio. Instead, the producer said, which is obvious, obvious a jump cut. When we hit the final segment, it felt like all of my favourite shows that have ever been cancelled or not renewed or cut off between before their prime the ending was there but it felt a bit tacked on and a bit sort of oh i don't know hard to explain but so the final segment the final segment airs hammond's lost he has to give a speech to a set of people who are on about carbon monoxide offsetting and all that sort of stuff which is obviously a bit of a dig against you know the sort of people who think cars are evil and cars are bad because there were a few shots where i said oh you know here's an electric car and look what i drive it's an electric car two of them followed by a whole raft and row of Audi A6s, Mercedes, and all the sort of the cars that even in their wildest dreams are never ever going to get more than 25 miles to the gallon going downhill with the clutch firmly depressed. And then it was back to the studio. Not just back to the studio for the end of the series, the end of the episode, but back to the studio for the very last time. Without Hammett, without Clarkson, the threesome had become a twosome. Looking into the camera, they said sincerely, thank you very much for enjoying the show. Thank you very much for enjoying this episode. And then they delivered the final line and said, all that's left to say is, and finally, goodbye. Lovely, lovely pregnant pause. And you know what? The BBC completely ballsed it up. Because instead of giving us that time 
to enjoy the silent credits, which is the first on Top Gear, to my notes, they decided to talk all over them. Oh, coming up in 35 seconds is new programme Oblivion. You know, that just goes to show a complete lack of respect for the people like myself who've watched the show. We needed that sort of time just to sort of digest it and process it, you know, be swallowed up by the emotional element of watching a show. To give you an idea, back in 19-something or other, when Farscape got cancelled and Erin and John were in a boat, the boat got disintegrated, and we learned that was going to be no more Farscape BBC Two said nothing throughout the entirety of the credits. They even gave five seconds of blank screen to a TV show for a you know for a, for a show like Farscape. And let's you know let's not face this. Let's face facts here that they used to show Star Trek at six o'clock on BBC Two, and that used to be bloody amazing. But no, for something that has made the BBC millions, the legions and legions of fans, and they could not even give you any breathing space to take in what, you know, the last ever episode of Top Gear, as we know it. However, why should we be surprised? This is the same company that during a series premiere of Doctor Who decided to talk over the last bit of the credits promoting Dancing on Ice or Dancing with the Stars or Last Tango in Dancing Paris or Daddy's Got a Brand New Superstar Dancing with the Superstars Bear Grylls Island Superstar thing. So, you know, why should we be surprised? Anyway, and finally... If you'd like to get in touch with me, discuss this episode of the Rampant Mumblings or any other episodes of the Rampant Mumblings, you can do so by contacting me via the essentialmac.co.uk website or you can follow me on the Twitter or even message me on the Twitter if you like at Ocean Speed. Uh, last week you can also catch me on the Airwaves podcast and this week and also on the Mac and Forth podcast. So anyways, until next time. If you haven't watched Top Gear, I hope you enjoy it. And if you didn't, feel free to tell me why. And until tomorrow, with the next episode of Rampant Mumblings, I will see you then. Ta-da, everyone. Ta-da.